Hey, hey everybody, happy new year. We're back. We're back in uh, the actual global green room. We haven't yet finished uh, with the little studio over there, which we're working on for you guys. But uh, we're back. Happy new year. It's snowing out today in Pennsylvania. And, well, it was. It stopped. But we are here today with this new year. We have the most amazing guest we've had yet, Dr. Randy Clark, the uh, my friend, my mentor, uh, the one who owns this whole thing. It's it's uh, he's he's here with us today. It's a real honor to have you in, Randy. Thank, thank you, you for Will. making making time. I know uh, you're incredibly busy, and the time that you have at home is really valuable to you and your wife. And uh, for you to just swing by and do this for as long as as long as as we choose today, it's just such an honor to have you in here. Thank you so much for making this happen. You're welcome, Will. Do you have a good Christmas? <clears throat> I had a great Christmas. Yeah, yeah, had a great Christmas. Kids and grandkids and. How do you do that? Do you do you do it all at your house? Like, what what does the Christmas uh, look like at the Clark well, we household? We did do it. We did do it at my house, and uh, we had you know there's four kids and their wives and husband and and uh, four and one more grandchild on the way. Congratulations! So it was great. It, yeah. was, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was a, like an all day thing. So they come over in the morning, or, or, mm-hmm. you, or do they all spend the night? No, they came over came over in the morning and. Uh, was there most of the day okay. up until the evening. So for those who don't know, you have um, Josh. Yeah. He's your oldest, mm-hmm. and he's married with three three kids mm-hmm. to Tanya. Uh-huh. And you have uh, um, <clears throat> Johanna, and she's... she's uh, and Josh is 34, and Johanna's 29. Okay. She's married to David. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant. Yeah. Baby's due in March. I'm very excited about that. That's exciting. And then Josiah, mm-hmm. and he's uh, 25, married to Allie. And then uh, Jeremiah, and he's 23. He's married to Lizzie. And um, uh, I'm very, very blessed and fortunate. Josh lives about a mile and a half away to Max, and Josiah lives a mile away. Yeah. Johanna lives less than about seven or eight mile away, and Jeremiah lives above a, our garage in the apartment yeah. we built when we built the house. Yeah, I've been in there a lot because Josh, Josh and Tanya used to live there. Yeah. So I used to come over. Yeah. And uh, and hang out with Josh. That's yeah, a perfect place. It's great. I think like as I as I, I mean eventually I'd like to build a house. And I've always <clears> remembered <throat> that. Like cuz it was big for you and Deanne to to yeah. you want to keep the kiddos as close as as possible. Well, we want them not to have to we want them to be able to marry young if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They find the right person. Uh Josh I think was a, just wasn't much over 20 one if max if that yeah and uh, maybe it's 20 and um uh, tani was 18 <laughs> so and, young. And all was, your kiddos have married young well johanna wasn't young she was like 24 something like that That's i mean young. <laughs> to me it's, yeah yeah and it's worked out really really well for all of them um and uh and it's been very exciting uh just the the purity in their lives uh I think Josh dated one other girl besides Tanya, and yeah. Johanna never dated anybody else besides David, and uh, Jeremiah never dated anybody else besides Lizzie, and Josiah never kissed another girl really? in his life other than Allie. Wow. So it's the only person, of course, that he's ever dated. So uh, the the corrupted line in both sides of my family of sexual morality before their grandparents were Christians and in, in, in my life before I was – it was really broken, and uh, it's just such a great thing to see the, you know, the the, the blessing right. in in the kids and uh, in their lives, mates, and 
and they're just happy and they're you know they've they got good mates and yeah i prayed for that you know well you got young children but i prayed every night i was home yeah literally from the time i can remember they're being born before they go to bed when i was home every night i'd go by and i'd, I'd pray with them and one of the things i included in the prayer was that god would prepare for them the right mate and bring the right mate into their lives so that was a huge huge thing in my prayer life for the kids and prayed over every night when i was home wow yeah, I, I try to do that, but I, I usually get home and I'm cooked. And so I like head to bed and just sleep. <laughs> I try I try to do it when I wake up. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> so um, you've been out in Pennsylvania now for how many years? Uh, we moved here in August of 2001. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was 14 years in 2015. It's completed 14 and into 15th year now. Okay. And that's about the time that I came on mm-hmm. uh, with Global Awakening. So yeah. I, I wanted to give people a little bit of history about how how I came here. I and, think you were my second intern. Well, I, I you or know, first I don't remember. I wasn't your first. I know that. I know you had Ben Schofield. Well, ben Schofield was my first one yeah. back in St. Louis. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, incredible word knowledgeist. I actually got my impartation for words of knowledge with Ben and with you up in New York. No, it was um, it was Massachusetts. Oh, okay, um, it was. Bill Johnson's first conference with you. I want to say his brother-in-law. Yeah, it was his brother-in-law. Lowell, Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. So I got saved in October of '99. The first conference I ever went to was December in '99, and that was that that conference in Lowell, Massachusetts. Right. And I remember you introducing Bill, and so I had no grid for any of this stuff. You introduced Bill, and you said you don't know this man. But you will know this man, and 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 he will be uh, more popular than I than right, I am. Right. And people are like, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah. I prophesied that to Bill the first time he came to my church. And yeah, I said, "I'm more famous than you now, but you will become more famous than me." And I just want to serve you. I'll and, never forget it. Yeah, he 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 wore this um, plaid plaid shirt, just got up there, hands in his pockets, bottle of water, and it was the only time I've ever seen this. People gasping. As he taught, and then running out and just scooping things off of his book table. Right. It was it was unlike anything I ever said. But I met you that that first night, or maybe it was the second night. Bob Bradbury, my spiritual father, was ministering to the kids. You and Bill were in ministering to the adults, and I was with Bob. Right. And the kids got touched. They all came in and were ministering during during that mm-hmm. night meeting. And Bob put me with you. Mm-hmm. At that meeting, I was petrified, and I—I I don't know—I followed you maybe for twenty minutes, praying for people. But that was my first encounter with you, and I was blown away. I mean, I didn't really know anything about Global Awakening. I didn't know anything about you besides what Bob had told right. me, and that's kind of what started it off. And then fast forward, probably a year later, no, maybe maybe six months later. I, I don't remember exactly. I ended up being in upstate New York right. with you at a conference, yeah. and and uh, you were you were delivering pizzas I and was. you had a Saturn and mm-hmm. I, I remember that you were, you were serving me and and the reason why you were invited was and we were meeting at Charles Stock's Church Life Center and in, in, uh, uh, had a board meeting an important meeting of, of leaders of global and Bob was there Bob Bradbury yeah. and Bob says hey I got this young guy and you need to take him you need to make him your intern because uh, I've taught him everything I can teach him, and he needs to be with you now. He's amazing. Eighty percent of the people he prays for in Paraguay are being healed, 
and that you need to invest in this young guy. And really, you're the only person that's both a spirit, I see as like a spiritual son, but also a spiritual grandson because Bob was like a spiritual son. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and you really do have his anointing for Bob had an unusual anointing for youth and kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never see anybody that had an anointing for the power of God to come on youth and kids like Bob had. He came to you know, my church in St. Louis when I was still pastoring there, and some of the people who later ended up working for me were there as teenagers and were just hit so powerfully. Um, and I, I still remember. And, and you, that's on you, too, yeah. and I see it. So, yeah, I remember that very much. I remember, I remember you. Do you remember when he, when, you, when he got touched in Toronto? I remember him being touched several places, one on the East Coast, mm -hmm. up in New England. That's when I first met him. He wanted to be my catcher. Then he wanted to be my catcher in Toronto. And, uh, but the one I remember him being the most powerfully touched is when he was called uh, uh, from being a fisherman, commercial fisherman, into the ministry. And we were in Founders Inn in uh, Virginia at 700 Club. And he was catching for me again. And the Lord spoke to him and told him to lay down his nets and come follow him. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting because he was a perfect, kind of like Peter. Right. And he's a very, very unusual guy in a sense of just <laughs> very, very in your face, six inches. Larger than life. Yeah. Larger than life. Yeah. You know, right in this close to my, my Midwestern space needed yeah. more space than totally. Bob wanted. You know? Totally. And, uh, uh, and Bob was so defensive of, uh, of, of me. Like, uh, he would go, he's really, uh, he's just very, very strong person. Mm -hmm. But if you said anything to him negative about me, he's done with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. Just he, <laughs> he, and if you, I, if somebody tried to do something to you, I bet Bob would have. Oh, yeah. He would have taken him out. I watched Bob once take a pastor, pick him up by his shirt and pin him up against the wall. Because he was, because yeah. he was, uh, he was stopping the kids from ministering. He was jealous because they were moving in more power than him. I wouldn't recommend that no. to, for anybody, but you, that's who, he was a yeah. Peter. He was a true oh, he was. Peter. And he was a purist in the sense of he learned so much from me uh, in the sense of he bought my tapes mm -hmm. and he listened to the, my main messages and he had them memorized more than me. Yeah. I mean, and and, and uh, as far as the way I would do things, and sometimes he actually got me in trouble because I'm a little more... If I'm in a church, I'm, I I can oh it's okay you, yeah. you know I won't but man he getting hurt no you can't do it that way that's not the way Randy does it you got to do it this <laughs> yeah. way and yeah. two or three times yeah Pastor had come to me and said man he's Bob scared my children's church worker but they actually in some of the places really it wasn't so much Bob it was as much as it was the insecurity of the yeah. person he was trying to mentor. But he was a great guy, loved Bob, and he has such an anointing for kids. And that's on you more than any other person I've ever met. Yeah, I I used – I never – we don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't go around thinking about the anointing that I carry, you know, or talk about it with people. But the last two years, three years, I want to say three years, I've watched when I pray for kids, mm -hmm. God does something. And it has – I don't understand it. I can't duplicate it. Right. I can go to one church and it'll happen. I can go to another church the next day and nothing will happen. Right. I don't get it at all. But when it falls, it's some of the most powerful meetings yeah. I've I've been a part of, at least yeah. in these last few years. And 
uh, kids are kids are pure. But I got that. I got that from from I Bob. Mean, from Bob. Like yeah, that 100%. didn't come from me. <laughs> There's no <laughs> no. You got that from your spiritual father, not your I grandpa. Mean, I mean, you can't deny impartation in that because right. uh, you'll line up a hundred really anointed men and they'll go to pray for kids and nothing will happen. And then uh, it's it's amazing. It's 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 for me. It's one of the most purest signs of impartation. Yeah, and what God's place. done through you at the VOA Voice of the Apostles the last two or three years with the kids has been. Oh man. Amazing, you know. They just look at the pictures; they're laid out all over the place, and it's powerful, it's, it's, Randy. It's exciting. It's there's nothing for me. There's nothing more pure than than watching little children that don't play games because adults they'll give you courtesy drops or they'll you know. But kids, either you have it or you don't, and you can't you can't you can't fool it. But I think all of this has to do with impartation, which is what you're known for. Bob's one of them, but you have a whole list of people. That as as the years have gone on, that have have received um, mantles like that. Can you, I mean, can you tell tell us about some of the some of the most powerful ones? Maybe from earlier times. I'd love, I mean, we all know Heidi's and and the Leif Hetlins, but are yeah. there other ones that 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 you saw like Bob in those early years? It was really interesting. Will every person the first few years that traveled with me, like before I had I had Ben was the first person I asked, and he was. 18, we started traveling. He traveled for two years, and he was worn out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, you know, just had this amazing word of knowledge gift, and he was very, very young. Uh, and then the people who traveled with me, none of them were in ministry, but they said, you know, can we travel with you for a year? And I just saw every one of them end up going into ministry, uh, and God using all of them. And... Um, uh, the first ones who traveled with me like a year, like Bob, um, he paid his own way, Bill uh, and Barbara Cassidy, mm-hmm. they paid the, their own way to travel with me. And, you know, the power of God just came on them, um, Mark Endress. Uh, there was a lot of people who just in those early years asked, can I travel with you? Uh, all of them ended up uh, in ministry. Wow. Kale um, uh, Mumby. Yeah. I just did a conference with him for the first time I met him. Yeah, he was, I think, 16 or 17. He was the second one after Ben. He mm-hmm. traveled with him while Ben was traveling with him. Matter of fact, one time, Bill, Bill Dew, Rex Berger, uh, Ben Schofield, yeah. and Kale Mumby, and I <laughs> were all staying in one hotel oh room gosh. together because we, you know, it was things, the ministry was much smaller. Mm-hmm. We didn't, it was a tight budget. Yeah. And five of us. In, in one hotel room with one one bathroom, uh, and we did that for a year or two. I mean, yeah. a, a season. Not that those five were always with me, but during a, a two year period, it was all those were with me for quite a while. Of course, Rex received a strong anointing. Mm-hmm. Rex Berger and and uh, uh, Kale's actually very has a prophetic ministry. He's seen as in a, a friend of mine's his, his pastor now. Up in Canada, in Edmonton area, yeah, and he's seen as one of one of the up and coming prophetic ministers. Oh yeah, uh, in Canada, and uh, quite an amazing young guy. When I was with him, the anointing dropped while he was speaking, and it was very reminiscent of of fell fell. I'm sorry. Yeah, drop implies went down. You meant to say it fell. I, that's exactly what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, the anointing fell uh, very, very, very powerfully while he was speaking. I mean, just the, the yeah. meeting just got shut down as so the Holy Spirit fell. 
Yeah, it's he's 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 a great guy. But your your whole I mean, there's from from early on up until now, there's always been people that have been marked. Yeah, every by year God. almost. Do you see it? Do you see that happening still kind of with a frequency or is it calmed down a little bit as, as the years have gone on? You know, part of the thing is a lot of the time it will be three to four years after I prayed for somebody before I hear about right. it. Right. You know, like with Heidi, it's almost two, I think. With Leif, it was almost, I've forgotten now, four to six years. Mm-hmm. After this had happened in his life, when I prayed for him, prophesied over him, and all the stuff started happening. Well, I didn't know about it for several years. Um, I was in uh, Pretoria, South Africa. Yeah. And at a um, uh, Afrikaans church. And the apostolic leader was having a pastor's meeting. And there's one guy I met there. I can't even tell you his name. But he was at the Catch the Fire conference I did in Moscow, the first one. Okay. And what he, year was that? Uh, that was '95 or '96. Okay, so this is right after Toronto broke out. Yeah, uh, Toronto was no, January '94. Okay, and so uh, you know, this is like uh, when I would have probably heard this. This would have been probably 15 years later. Mm-hmm. So this guy introduced me. He said, "I was at your meeting in Moscow. You laid hands on me, prophesied over me, power got hit me." I've started 200 churches Come on. in Russia. It's crazy. And, and there was this powerful anointing came on his life. And I didn't. I knew nothing about it. Uh, you know, this guy named uh, Marcel Cascarande in, in, uh, was a Baptist guy, pastor of a church, about 600. Uh, he's probably one of the most famous now in Brazil. Uh, and and he goes all over Latin America now. And uh, he's he's seen so many. He's kind of like a... Um, well, his his style's a little different. He's kind of taken the style of, of more flamboyant uh, uh, guys that come more of a Pentecostal mm-hmm. um, with a handkerchief and everything. <laughs> but he definitely it, it happened in our meeting. What do you mean with a handkerchief? Well, he carries a handkerchief with him, and he'll take it. And bl- and, okay, and, and, and you know, he just does something. He learned it from from guys on television, right? Right, and. Uh, uh, but he's powerful. He's had uh, over 100 deaf, 100 wow. blind eyes open, 60 people got up out of wheelchairs, uh, uh, over 100, 100 cancers, tumors disappeared, and just within a five or six years. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I didn't know about that for a couple of years. So there's a lot of people, and, and, and I, I'll go to meetings, and they'll, uh, they'll come up to me and they'll tell me, you know, I never saw healings till you prayed for me. And I just had a, an outbreak of it. And I wished I would have written down all the ones when they came. I didn't. Right. Uh, I still get emails about it, you know. Yeah. This. So, it, yeah, it's still happening. Uh, I'd, I haven't seen, you know, like another Lay for Heidi or uh, Henry Madava. All right. three of those led a million people to the Lord. But I think uh, Marcella Casagrande will probably become one of those types like that. But then there's a lot of other pastors who they didn't become internationally famous, but they just began to see an, a lot more happen. Uh, or I could say for some of them, they began to see healing for the first time. Right. They never saw healing in their life. They prayed for it and believed in it, but they just didn't see it. So, yeah, we still see it and still get reports about it all the time. So did you, when 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 God, f- uh, not fell, dropped, fell, fell, Fell's not good. dropped. Fell's when good. God fell uh, in Toronto... <laughs> Uh, did you have any, you know, within that first month, did you have an idea like this is what we've been crying out for? This is 
no. that next move, or was it, or did it, has it taken those years well, to, to? It's yes and no. Okay. Okay. Uh, we began to talk about John Arnott and I, and I actually I have to say John Arnott uh, was the one who had the most faith for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have stopped the meetings in Toronto uh, probably after a month or two. Because they went from 900 to 1,000. It started out about like a 100, mm-hmm. 120, something like that, first night. Uh, next day, we had <clears throat> the vineyard pastors from that area where John was the overseer. Uh, John Arnott was the overseer. They came, and they all got hit really powerfully, and then we had another meeting with other pastors. Then they went back to their churches. So by the second night, it, it doubled. It was several hundred. By the third night, it was packed out. It, was Hold on, it doubled in one night? Mm-hmm. And How? Just with what happened that day, those pastors went back and got on the phone, told their pa- people in their church they got to come. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and so by the end of three or four nights, the place is packed out, standing room only. Um, and then, a f- uh, and I'd only supposed to be there three days, um, four days. And it's funny because I told John I, I can't. I only have two sermons worth preaching. And I brought my <laughs> children's pastor to preach two of the meetings, and I preached two. And then uh, John said, "You can't go home. This is what we've been looking for our whole lifetime. This is revival." So you know, I called my wife. John I had John call my wife, talk to her, and and ended up staying. You know, stay another night or two, night or two, and. and that, and then, well, let's stay three more nights, and wow. then three more nights. And then we said, let's, let's stand another week. We'll announce we'll be here for another week. We did not know how long it would last. We did know it was something like we'd never seen before, that it was God. And we believed it was worth extending. Yeah. Then we met at this little Grecian restaurant. And by that time, um, the first person to be brought in, I think, was um, – uh, either is either Wes Campbell or Larry Randolph, okay. and uh, they were helping. And then Wes Campbell, we called him, and he came over from British Columbia, and he was helping. And what I mean by that was, uh, we had so many people. We had the overflow room with three hundred or four hundred was packed. The, the sanctuary seat four hundred was packed. Uh, people would get there way early to get in, in the middle of the terrible snowstorm blizzard. Conditions for yeah. part of that time really was uh, like the coldest I had seen it in a long time, and and really was. I remember driving; it felt like it was a blizzard over to another church. But anyway, what happened was we needed a strategy. How do we accommodate more people? And so John Arnott said, um, "I want you to come with me, and I'll take you because he had like five or six other churches, related vineyard churches." And we'd go to the ones that were sending the most people. So if they were sending 40, 50 people a night, right. we'd say, well, let's start there. So, so it didn't just stay in one building, you guys. So I, John would take me, and when I was there, then Larry Randolph or Wes Campbell would speak oh, at Toronto at the main okay. church. And then at, then we started at uh, Stratford, Ontario, was John's old church. That was the first one we started. Then we went up to Barrie to another uh, a church is related, and a guy who used to be a master, I mean, being an overseer in, in um, uh, Youth for Mission was the pastor there. Yeah. Uh, name was Peter. And that was amazing. So and it ended up, we had, I think, it was five to seven, I think it was seven, <laughs> churches, all in protracted meetings. And we would go through a circle, 
and we'd come back into Toronto. And then, then when I would come back in Toronto, Larry would go to one of these, and Wes Campbell may be in another, and right. then Mark DuPont would be. And so between John, myself, Wes, Larry, uh, and Mark DuPont, all five of us come was on. trying to sustain this. these multiple meetings simultaneously because there was no room in Toronto. Wow. And we're trying to make more room for more people to come. Would you guys like get together and brainstorm and just be like, hey, what what's what are you seeing? What's God doing? Do we keep this going on? Like what does yeah. that look like? We met around a, a table that Grecian I'll never forget that day. John said, We need to make a plan for the next thirty days. I'd been there most of thirty days already. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, Next let's see how many how we can do this, sustain this for let's plan for thirty days. And he said, what if God wants to go 90 days? Mm. What if this is, What if God wanted us to go a year? And then after that meeting, I remember I met with Wes and Larry, and we all said, he's got more faith than we do for this. <laughs> he's thinking it could even go a year. Right. Well, little did we know it would go 12 and a half years. Yeah. And um, so, but by summer, uh, the crowd was down to about 100, 120, 150. And they had, um, I'd, I think I would have, have uh, moved it. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's was right before summer. I think I would have ended it. As a matter of fact, I remember thinking. I don't think I would have. I know I would have because I even told John I would have ended it. But he had faith, and then what happened? The Europeans started coming, especially the English, okay, and the Norwegians, and then they started coming. And then all of a sudden, the crowd started building, and then we were back to. Three, four, five thousand people a night uh, over time. Wow! It just kept growing. It went through. It went down, and then then it caught on worldwide, and it just exploded. What what made it catch on? Like what sent the news across to Europe? What, well, what was that all about? Okay, I mean, I had sores in my mouth almost every day I was in Toronto because of a lack of sleep. When I don't get enough sleep, <laughs> yeah. I get my can- I get canker. Sores I know. <laughs> I had them every day. I was in Toronto, and if I could come home, they'd go away. And the day I'd go back, I'd get them again. And part of it was lack of sleep because right. the meetings would go. Those first a year or two, I got out of a meeting before midnight twice. Now we're talking 180 days. I think there's 140 days first year and 180 days. It never went below that mm-hmm. ever since that second year in 1995. And so I, in the first two years, got out of church twice before midnight. I remember many times they'd go to 12, 30, 1 o'clock, yeah. 2 o'clock. Um, one of the most powerful meetings I was ever in at 3 o'clock in the morning, this one guy, he's got his eyes closed. And he's just, I mean, he, he, he had a back problem. He was, couldn't work in construction. Young guy in his 30s, back problem. He gets knocked to the floor. He gets healed instantly. He gets up, his back's healed, and he's shaking like this. And he closes his eyes. There's only, oh, five, six of us left at 3 in the morning, and um, I don't know, could have been 10, but mm-hmm. it wasn't more than 10. And he got, has, and, and he's, he just kind of bounces, his hands are shaking, like, and he would bounce to somebody if his eyes closed. I'm watching, he's got his eyes closed, he doesn't open his eyes. He walks right up to him, puts his hand, and bam, they just go out like wow. that. And they, they'd start shaking. And he did that to every person. Wow. With his eyes closed, just like, like radar, where they'd find him. Come on. And he was radically, radically affected, and... Uh, radically changed in in every way. Um, there were a lot of interesting things that happened in those early days. I remember writing my 
I only did it for a few days. I wish Guy Chevreau said you should write like Wesley did in Whitfield. You need to write a journal. I'd give these eye teeth if I would have done that. I didn't do it. <laughs> I've never um, heard that before. I'd give these eye teeth? Is that a yeah? Is that a St. Louis saying? Or? It's a Midwestern or Southern I've never, I've never thing. Heard give that. your eye teeth. Okay. I give my eye teeth for some. Um, but I didn't do it. I regret it. But I, but I do remember the first few nights I wrote down. You know. Uh, the implications. I, this, this was God was really with us, a very unusual way. Yeah. Um, and so when we would come home after what we'd just seen, which is stuff we'd read about, you know, I had read Finney and Wesley and all these great revivalists mm-hmm. as a 18, 19, 20 year old preacher all the way through my 30s. I just would feed myself on revivalists and, uh, biographies and history of revival. And I kept saying, I want to see this. I want to see this. And, um, you know, the first time I actually did see some of this stuff was actually in my Baptist church and when, when Blaine Cook came, 10 years before, March of 84. I saw some of the stuff I'd look for. And Toronto actually looked like that, right. only more people. It wasn't like it was different at, in the, uh, the early days that I was there. For example, I was there 42 of the first 60 days. And then I and I went back. I was there about sixty days the first year, um, but then after that, I only went up like one week, two weeks a year. Uh, after that, and sometimes not even that much. You know, maybe only three or four days. So, cause, because God told me, because John asked me, he said, "I want you to come here. You could be the Steve Hill of Toronto," and because the eyes of the world are here, mm-hmm. why stay at that little church in St. Louis? You know, you should come here and be the. I mean the. It was true. The media was there. Right. But I didn't feel like God told me to do that. I felt like God told me that I was to, you know, go to the world, to the nations that can't, for people who can't come to Toronto. When uh, when it first hit, so that, was it, would you say it was a night or would you say it was like a weekend or a, like when it, when, when it first, because in my mind, I have this, I have this Thursday image night. of Thanks. like you getting up to preach and be like, hi, you know, preaching and then the anointing drops and it doesn't falls and it doesn't i gotta get rid of that the anointing falls and it and it doesn't stop like that's in my mind that's always how i pictured it was there a point where you're like wow this is completely different or was it just a combination of night after night after night after night well i was only going to be there four days i told my daughter she was eight years old i'll be home four days and daddy may never get asked to go anywhere again this is the first time i got asked to go anywhere in about 20 years so (laughs) um so i was planning on coming home and that first night uh, we saw things we didn't know. What, we didn't know how to interpret them. You know, people pogoing, jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. One person, another person, acting out mind type. Another person, uh, just um, stuck, like froze. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on that first night is really interesting. When we asked the Holy Spirit to fall, the first guy to get touched became a missionary to Russia and planted churches in Russia and Ukraine. He became a missionary, and then he became an overseer of the, uh, of the Partners in Harvest network that John ended up starting. Mm-hmm. And he was the first person touched. Uh, uh, another person on that night, she's been here and spoken in our school. Um, she's on the floor. Mary? Is that is that her name? Mary, or the one who got healed? Yeah, got healed. Not only yeah. is Mary, it's, okay. I, 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 yeah. I can't think of it right now. But anyway, yeah. so she uh, is on the floor, and, and she's kind of giggling, and, 
And But I, I prayed for her, and I walked away, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, go back to her and tell her she's been sad too long. So I went up to her, and I said, God says you've been sad too long. And I did my hand like that and did like this, you know, like to take a drink, take another drink. Okay. And she goes out. I mean, she's laughing her head off. And I thought it was really amazing what God did to her. And uh, But then over the years, every time, I mean, 20 years or so, Every time I'd see her, she's still drunk. And I think, well, I thought this this started in the spirit. It's ended up in the flesh. Right. It was my judgment. It was wrong judgment. Because when I wrote the book, There's More, I got people actually sent me those testimonies. I sent out a little thing. If you've you know, if prayed for you and something happened, let yeah. me know. And I got back so many things. I only used part of them. And hers, when I read it, I actually cried and repented before God and said, forgive me for judging. Because what it was – was she wasn't drunk all the time. Right. Just every time she got around me, she got drunk. <laughs> and it turned out in her story that she had three terminal illnesses. She was uh, uh, really, really uh, desperately sick and ill from these diseases she had. She wasn't able to work. She'd been a nurse. And she was severely depressed and sad because of her health problems. And God healed her right then yeah. and filled her with joy. And she ended up being used of God and added her own ministry, and it actually been used, went to Scandinavia and laid hands on a person's child and blessed the child, not knowing the child had just been diagnosed as uh, stillborn. It's going to have to give birth to the child uh, so far along, but it died in the womb. And uh, two years later, she went back, and that miracle boy that had been dead in the womb when she laid hands, it wow. came back to life. Wow. So, so she just went up to a woman who th- she was pregnant. She's like, "Let me bless the baby." Yeah, yeah, not knowing the baby's Come on, dead. That's she didn't know that. She didn't even pray it'd be that's raised fantastic. from the dead. So, so I, I, you know, so that happened, and there was a lot of things that were happening with people. Uh, people like this receptionist was so touched, she couldn't talk in English. She tried to pick up the phone to answer. She's speaking tongues <laughs> for days, and. Uh, uh, you know, just key leaders uh, in the church. So that's the first night. And then my right. assistant, ch- children's pastor named Bill Mayers, um, he was with me, his wife Robin, and my son Josh, and then his daughter were all with me, and Annie and Gary Shelton. Mm-hmm. That was the team that actually went up there. And Gary's my worship leader at the time, uh, one of my two worship leaders, he and Bob Lassie. And um, so the next night, Bill preaches, and uh, he emphasized he preached to the children. And God comes on the children. And I think the next night was the youth, and he preached. And God came on the youth. And the next night, I was preaching again, and uh, it's extremely powerful. And what a lot of people may not know about Toronto was in those early days, those first 42 to the first 60 days, we seen a lot of salvations at night, a lot of rededications, a lot of salvations, especially among uh, teenagers and 20-somethings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just a lot, and I remember. Well, I don't want to I don't, remind me to come back to the last night I was there. Okay. So I don't want. I want to chase that rabbit yet. So uh, after that, John said, "You can't go home. You know, you, you got to stay." And it just kept building. So we thought, you know, at first, oh, it may go an extra day or two or three. And the longest meeting I'd ever been in was uh, twenty-eight days. No. 49 days. It was the revival I was called to preach in, in the Jesus Movement, my Baptist church. Okay. The longest one, I had a protracted meeting. Seven nights a week it went, though. 
4.49, and 23 young guys were called into the ministry. And so that was my longest grid. And, and so this, this was, was going on further and further. So you ask, well, how did it get to Europe, going back to your question? Mm-hmm. Um, when we would come back, we were so high on adrenaline. You know what I'm talking about. I do you know, you know what? You can't yeah. go to sleep. Oh, I've been in the hotel rooms with you, Randy, at and, three in the morning. Yeah. And you so, just want to chit-chat. So I would, I would lay down in the living room. I had a room upstairs at John's house. Yeah. I'd lay down in the li- living room or, the, or a viewing room, and I'd put on um, the God's General's videos. And so to dial down, I'm watching God's generals to four or five o'clock in the morning. And then we would have pastors knocking at the door wanting to talk at yeah. eight in the morning, yeah. eight, nine o'clock. And so it was – and then meetings with pastors and stuff during the daytime. So it was just – and I couldn't go to sleep at night. I just yeah. – and so what, So here's how it went to Europe. Uh, we came in and we're hungry and so we're eating a little bit. And uh, John Arnett says, uh, I think it was like 2 in the morning, and he'd look at his clock. It's uh, 8 in England right now. Okay. It's 8 in the morning. We can call England. So <laughs> now we're calling England, 2 in the clock in Toronto. Where it's 8 o'clock in the morning, and he's calling his friends saying, you got to come. Revival has broken out. What you have been looking for your whole life, it's happened. You've got to come. Here, Randy, talk to him. And, you know, and I'd say, So yeah. it's just those late-night meetings. Late-night meetings and then getting on the phone and calling Europe, telling them, God has fallen. It's revival. You need to come. And then they start coming. And once they start coming, they right. went back. And then what I would do, not, not like a strategy, leading the Holy Spirit, because I didn't have a strategy. And I, I found out that most of my strategies I tried to develop did not work near as well as just right. <laughs> being totally dependent on God and just seeing what He's doing, blessing that. So anyway, uh, I would I would call all the pastors from um, out of Toronto, outside of Canada, all the Europeans would you come and lay hands on and pray for them, and God was anointing them, and they would go back to their countries. Those key leaders like. Uh, Mumford, Mumford, John Mumford's wife, yeah. Ellie. Is it Ellie? Eleanor Mumford. She carried it back to England. Okay. And it hit Trinity, Holy Trinity Brompton. It hit several other major networks. It hit the Vineyard and exploded like that. Yeah. I mean, I've, got, I've listened to the tapes of what happened. It has exploded. But that was happening. Uh, all Australian pastors, you know, pray for them. All the Brazilian pastors, pray for them. And over right. time, I would bring up different people from different continents or different countries, lay hands on them, and they would go back, and God would come upon them. And when they would go back, it'd break out in their churches. And that's how it spread so rapidly and so fast. Wow. So, I mean, for me, uh, as I look look at – and I've – I know you don't think I'm that much a reader, but I have read a lot of kind of revival history. It's an, it's an, Randy doesn't think I read. I no, told I, him at one time I don't, but I, I'm not, I'm not as, as much of a reader as you are. I don't know really too many people that read like you, but as I've read church history and revival history, you know, there's all these stories about these isolated, these isolated places or happen in a town or a city yeah. or, or a state or whatever. But, but what God did in Toronto, in my opinion, it's literally it, – it's changed the whole face of Christianity across the world. I mean, I can't go anywhere on on the planet right now 
without listening to worship music from Bethel and, you know, Bill got touched through Toronto. You know, it's like all of these things that what, what God did in Toronto has affected the whole church and is continuing to influence more and more powerfully the whole church around the world. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think it's a misstatement to say God's affected the whole church all around the world because the whole church has not been affected. I think it's true because there's still there's there's churches that hasn't even heard of Toronto, hasn't heard of Bethel. Hasn't, there's there's a lot of those that so not the the whole church in sense of every church being affected, right. but it is true to say that all over the world you, you can't go to hardly a country. I don't think you go to a country where there's a, where there's probably not somebody there that's been powerfully impacted. In many, in some places, the, the it seems like that a majority of the churches that are at least open to the spirit have been affected. And I'd like to also say something else. Sure. I, I think that the, what happened in Toronto was part of a bigger revival. You know, um, and I have studied a lot about revival, and I, I don't think that what Wesley and Whitfield and Edwards was doing in the Great Awakening in the United States and in the Evangelical Revival in England, they were the two names of the same time. I don't think it was two different revivals. Uh, I think it was one great outpouring of the Holy Spirit using different people and uh, different methods sometimes, too. Um, so when you get to the uh, Second Great Awakening, it, it seems like it was happening in different places different times. Uh, as one major move of God. And there were impact in other parts of the, of the world, too. Uh, the 1858 Prayer Revival in America. These are the okay. biggest revivals we ever had in America. But you find parallels at different places, not always all over the whole world, but right. like in, in England in, in, uh, 18, in 1859, and there was another outbreak in 1858 and 59. So there is this real connection between England, though, and the United States. Yeah. And But when you get to around 1902, you have uh, uh, R.A. Torrey, and D.L. Moody, and you have a – it's kind of the culmination of the holiness movement. It's been going on for 25 years, revival. 25 new denominations were started. And so as a result of that, those guys are going around. They're going to Australia. They're going all over, and, and, and God's really using them. And a lot of times that holiness movement and the Pentecostal movement, they, they don't see there's a connection, but there obviously is. Then you have the Welsh revival – 1904, and there's a direct connection to Azusa Street okay. and the and Bartleman's talking to to uh, um, the leader in, in revival at Wales, uh, Roberts Evan Roberts, and so there's this connection. Well, then it explodes, and you got it in 1906 Azusa, 1901. You got, um, I mean, yeah, you got Parm in 1901. You got 1902. You've got, like I said. Tory and Moody, 1904, you got Welsh Revival, 1905, you got this outbreak in India with tongue speaking and stuff. Okay. 1906, you got Azusa Street, 1907, you got Pyongyang in North Korea. Yeah. You've got around 1905, 1906, you've got the Hodobechi Methodist Church Revival breaking out in Chile. Um, and 19, the great Pentecostal movement in, in uh, Brazil came out of Azusa Street. Mm -hmm. So, it hit the whole world, but it also spread. And some places it wasn't spreading. Like you can connect 
Azusa Street and and Roberts Evan Roberts yeah. Wales. You can connect uh, India uh, to Chile, but there's other places there really weren't any connections. It's just like the Spirit of God fell yeah. at the same time. It's one great move of God, but a lot of times because somebody doesn't like something happened that move, they say, right. "No, that that wasn't the move of God. This was the move of right. God." And I don't want to come across as saying, "Well, we, what happened in Toronto? What I was involved in, John was involved. We were the purest form of the revival. We were the most important part of the revival." I don't think that. So coming back to our time, you've got um, 1992. You have um, revival breaking out in. Uh, Argentina of Claudio Frazen. Right. In, uh, in, in, in around 93, uh, 94, uh, you have um, Rodney Howard Brown coming to the United States and really, uh, especially 90, 91, 92, probably even before that, 93, he did the meeting in Louisville, Kentucky, yep. where my friend went to and told me about it. So. Rodney was being used. There was a guy, you may know his name, I can't think of it right now, he's called the Laughing Evangelist. And he, from New England, and he really wasn't. Laughing Evangelist. Yeah, he really wasn't uh, like, uh, but, but he, he, he actually died a few years ago, but okay. uh, he had this real move of God. Most people don't know who he was, but really being used in New England, being stirring things up. And then, and then uh, I went. And right to right in '94, and then Steve Hill, '95, Steve Gray at Prince, uh, not Princeton, but uh, uh, in the cornfields of Missouri. Uh, and we had revival broke out. Smithton, yeah. Smithton, I had the ton at Princeton. <laughs> so, so, Smithton. Okay. So I think, well, that is all one move of God. That's not five. And in the middle of that, you got an evangelical awakening in the evangelical like. Uh, colleges of Presbyterians, Baptists, you know, like Prince, not right. Princeton, but uh, Wheaton, many schools mm-hmm. that would not be open to this. They were having an outbreak at the same time. So in that period, you got got, and, and matter of fact, when I heard about Steve Hill and and John Kilpatrick in in uh, Brownsville, Brownsville, uh, I remember thinking, "Yay, God, you're opening up another watering hole right. for this revival." In a culture that would be easier for uh, Southern Pentecostals, yeah. that it's more their cultural right. milieu that's easier for them. But mm-hmm. I knew this is God. It wasn't like, okay, now God's doing something new. It was a continuation of one I, great big revival. I've never looked at it that way, but I see. I, I agree with what you're saying You know, now, now you lay it out there. But at the same time, you have to admit, or I at least I'll admit it, that you don't have to do anything. <laughs> uh, but what God did in Toronto – through you and John and and those guys, it, it's it's gone beyond, I think, an isolated one-year move or an ice, you yeah. know, a revival that hit a town or something. Like, yeah. it, 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 and I've, and I, I was just in Brownsville, you know, like, I mean, what happened there, it seemed like it came and went. And there's fruit, but but there's something about what God did in Toronto that it, it's it continues to grow. And where other, where other movements stopped, they had their heyday. What God, what God was doing spark there all i see when i travel is there's more and more and more and more and and so but but well, i part agree with of, you part of i think part of it is there really was such an emphasis in the culture of toronto because toronto initially it was all vineyards right 
So initially, you have in the DNA of many of the key leaders uh, who were used in Toronto an influence of Wimber with an emphasis on uh, equipping the saints. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I met one of the leaders of another revival who told me, he said, you know, never stop equipping the saints. That's right. what's on God's heart. Yeah. And, and, and when the one revival, great revival, ended uh, because they begin to con- be concerned who's the apostle, who's the prophet, right. instead of doing what the apostle and prophet was supposed to do, which was to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Right. So this guy was one of those key leaders. He said, never stop equipping the saints. Right. You're doing it. Which is what you're known for. I mean, more than most people. That's why yeah. I'm here because you – you know, you were like, I want, I want to release a generation. Yeah, we can give it train. away. I, I went to a words of knowledge training workshop, and you guys gave it away. Listen, we can talk about this stuff for hours. I, I just looked at the clock. I don't have you for much longer. Okay. I, I want to switch gears just yeah. for a moment, if that's okay. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you're gonna have me again another time. I just want to honor. <laughs> I really want to honor your time. Uh, did you hear? Everybody heard that from Randy. We're gonna get Randy and Deanne the first. Uh, is that the first interview you guys have done together? I pro- maybe. A hundred percent. It's the first interview that they've done together. I'll take that maybe as a yes. And I, I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to that. But just can I have five more minutes? Yeah. Because I, I want to honor your time and I want to let you go. Um, what what do you see uh, God doing? I know this is, a, this is a loaded question, but this year, this is the what today's like the third or the fourth. What do you see God doing this year, if anything at all? Or is there anything that excites you about this time, this season? Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, we're talking about it continuing. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm scheduled right now for 213 days to be gone uh, to minister this year. And uh, when we were in Brazil this last year, mm-hmm. I went to a 14,000 member traditional Baptist church. It wasn't part of the charismatic uh, convention of Baptists. This was the traditional Baptist movement started by the Southern Baptist Convention in Bra- in Brazil. Um, and this 14,000-member church, I never saw a church in my 15 years of being in Brazil more hungry than this Baptist church. And we saw so many healings. So we're scheduled to go back to that same church this year in the fall. And before we left, we was only there like two or three days, we had another call from another 5,000 average attendance, not talking membership, we're talking average wow. attendance, not membership. There's a huge difference yeah, in yeah. the United States between yeah. membership and attendance. Well, we're talking about attendance. Yeah, that's so, a big church. Yeah, and that church and another Baptist church, all of them traditional Baptists, 3,000 average, had contacted this guy and said, we want Randy to come. Um, and so I'm scheduled to go into some traditional Baptist churches uh, that are big. That are very very hungry. The last uh, time I was in Brazil, um, we went to the Foursquare again, which is where I actually started in Brazil with the Foursquare. Mm-hmm. And within three three or four days' notice, they had uh, nine hundred pastors and uh, two or three hundred other leaders show up. That much notice, and it's because a lot of the Brazilian pastors had come to the VOA this last year and were so powerfully touched and went back, and God just broke out. It's it's still happening. Yeah. So that is exciting me. Brazil this coming year, I'm, I'm extremely stoked about what God's going to do in Brazil again. You've been going to Brazil for years now. Yeah, so I've, that's I've, been over, I've been over 80 trips to Brazil 
<laughs> and, and you're and you're the most excited about going back. Yeah, that says a lot, right? Yeah, there. it's very, very. It's like a new day in Brazil. Uh, uh, God's just doing some new things. So I'm excited about that. That it's not. I was afraid for a while it might be winding down because mm-hmm. it seemed like we're going through a season. But this was like, oh my gosh, this is like, come on, fire pour, uh, gasoline poured on a fire. Okay, and there's some things that happen. I don't have time to go into them, but just some really open doors for Brazil uh, okay. for us, not just in the church, but also in some secular things. Um, then I'm excited about going to Poland. I'm going to Poland in June for the first time to ever go to Poland. I just got a friend of mine who's been there. He said, Randy, Poland is in revival. Okay. And so we had, I forgot now, 20 or 30 Polish people that were on my last trip in December to Brazil. Okay. And they got hit more than anybody. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was like so. And 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 uh, it's. I really feel that when we go back, when we go to Poland for the first time, it's going to be strategic. It's going to affect uh, the country, yeah. uh, the church. So I'm very excited uh, about uh, going to Poland for the first time. Um, you know, I'm not going there this year, but I'm planning to go back in 2017. I can't wait to go back to Cam- Cambodia. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, one of the guys – we work with two apostolic leaders in Cambodia. And I just think it's the most powerful way, most effective way to see the church expand yeah. is work with apost- apostolic-type people with a little a. Yeah. You know, not one of the 12. They're not writers of Scripture. But they, they're not typical – to say pastor is so inappropriate to right. these people who have raised the dead, right. started thousands of churches. Mm-hmm. See miracles all the time. Uh, healings is common. It is normative. Right. Healing is normative for their ministries. So to say, well, pastor, they're more than a pastor. Right. So I let's say we use the adjective form. They're apostolic people. Um, I like going with them. So in Cambodia, we worked with two So Paul and this other man uh, who's a, was a farmer in the northwest. And uh, I know his name is just slipping me right now. Um, but anyway, he told me we went there two years ago. Uh, and f- he gathered hundreds of his key leaders together. And at that time, his uh, work in as far as a mission work was the fastest growing mission field anywhere in the world. There was, uh, a, a, I saw the paper put out by not himself, other people saying it about. Because it was so fast growing, and you know exponentially the percentages are higher when you you don't have you know it's harder to start at ten thousand and count percentages to grow than right. it is a hundred and grow to ten thousand. <laughs> right. That that statistic is much higher than right. growing from ten thousand to twenty thousand. So, but anyway, uh, I can't wait to go back there because he told me he said we had three thousand churches when you came. In two years, we've doubled to six thousand wow. churches, and he said it really wow. is connected to what you know the, what happened to the leaders. That's amazing. When he laid hands on and prayed for them, they went back. They started seeing healings and miracles wow. in a way they they were already seeing them, but it was exponentially more. Yeah. So, I, I can't wait to go back there. Uh, I don't have anything scheduled for Vietnam yet, but I really I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to going there. And there's some places that I can't go because my wife won't let me. Where? I want to know. That I really thought it would be good for you to go. I will go anywhere you don't want to go. I have really some really great invitations to the Balkans right now, to um, uh, Bulgaria, uh, uh, Slovakia, uh, that whole five or six countries in the Balkan area. 
they they want me to come. I don't think I'm going to get to. Um, I love I love the conversations that we've had before. I could, uh, not to cut you off, but um, when when invitations come to like dangerous places, Dan goes, "Just send Will. Yeah. So he'll go there. Just send him. You don't need to go there, Randy." Yeah. And I get to go home to my wife and say, "Yeah, but Ian, this time she said you got to quit doing that because Will's got kids too." And like, I, said, yeah, I don't mind. I'll go anywhere. Yeah, I know. Randy, the day that that thing dies in me is the day you like kick me out of the ministry uh, yeah. because. I will go anywhere. Yeah, absolutely anywhere. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the the, the places that's coming up. Um, I'm excited going back to going to Bangkok and um, tomorrow, or day after tomorrow. Okay. And and then Singapore, and then Stavanger, Norway. Yeah. And last time we were in not Stavanger, Norway, but it was very powerful. But the last time that Blaine and Tom went, and and Heidi, and my, I couldn't go. Uh, it was like the fourth time in a row a year uh, we went to the most secular city, one of the most secular cities of Europe, uh, Copenhagen. Yeah. And um, Tom said, Randy, it's like being in Brazil. Wow. Now, our last time to go in Germany, and we're going back to Germany this year too, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is Europe. And yeah. the power of God, the hunger is so powerful here. So I'm, I'm excited about – I think God's wanting to break out a revival in Europe. Yeah. And I like stoking the fires there. And definitely we, we need it. You know, like this one guy, a vineyard pastor in Ireland, has had several thousand people saved on the streets. On wow. the streets. Wow. And uh, I think we're going to go there. And so, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited about the places and what God is still doing. That it's not ended, and in some places it's actually uh, growing and getting getting stronger. Yeah, come on. Well, listen, um, we you have a bunch of amazing stuff. If this is the first time you've heard Randy speak, which I, I can't believe that it would be, but there are people out there that this is their first time watching this, hearing you, um, hearing about Global Awakening. You can go to globalawakening.com. Oh. Yeah, go for it. Mongolia. You're going to Mongolia? I just got this invitation to come to Mongolia. They have several thousand pastors from all the Mongolese churches that are being started. And and a friend of mine uh, went there, and he said, man, you got to go. And yeah. I, I would like to. Come on, Randy. I'd like to get to Mongolia. Let's go to Mongolia. I think that'd be, that'd be great. You can ride a yak over there, yeah. too. It's fun. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I broke it. No, no, no you're fine. Like, hey, Listen, I just – if there's – there's for those of you who are just hearing about this, hearing about meeting Randy for the first time or myself, there's a wealth of information out there. Go to globalawakening.com and, and read about it. There's hundreds of videos online that you can watch. Um, there's hundreds of videos on our website. And we have the greatest bookstore, which is a very high priority for rent. Not the bookstore, but uh, teaching, uh, going after the word, going after sound doctrine, theology. Global Awakening, which we haven't really talked about, is the ministry of Randy Clark. It's it's where we're sitting right now. This is our building here in Mechanicsburg. There is a wealth and a plethora of information and stuff that you can get plugged in at any educational level you're at, at any experience level you're at. You can come in and join up with us and join up with what God's doing around the world. Um, I brought so, a couple of your books, but there are, I don't know, 20, 30 books. I've written 42. 42 <laughs> books. Are you serious? Does that include these little booklets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there, there's there's so much information. I used to call them booklets until I found 
many other people call them books. So I thought, oh, yeah, we'll call them books. I used figure. to have to, uh, <laughs> when I first came on with Global, I used to make these things. I don't know if you remember. Well, you don't yeah. remember that. We'll talk about that another time. But I used to have to uh, to make them. But anyway, there's go to, go to globalawakening.com. Grab a bunch of stuff on there. Um, I grabbed I grab this, Randy. Can you, yeah. can you like, in, in 30 seconds, tell us what this is? Well, this is a curriculum, and it's called Power to Heal. It's eight weeks, and there are videos. Um, there's a, a, a teacher's manual mm-hmm. guide of how to lead a Sunday school class or a small group leading where take them through eight weeks, and um, and it's laid out for you. It's just like uh, like a Sunday school class. Yep. Do this, do this, show the video, ask these questions and stuff. There's a work uh, – there's a, a guidebook for the uh, tra- trainer's manual. Then this is the trade book that everybody has. That they read it, and then there's a um, a workbook that has questions okay. that is in that as well. So you have the book, the training book, the workbook, and the eight uh, one DVD with eight uh, half-hour right. uh, m- uh, teachings that go along with the, the teaching in the, yeah. in the book. There, there's so much information um, in, about healing. You can learn everything that you really need to learn about healing. Yeah. I, in Brazil, we had a pastor with us who is actually taking his key leaders of his church through this. Really? Yeah. And not just one group. He's got multiple groups. The whole church is going through it. And he said, Randy, it's take, it's it's causing the, the wa- tide water, the water level Come on. to really rise in our church. We're seeing so many more healings than we were before. It actually is affecting and causing us the church to come into a better understanding and more faith about healing, better understanding about healing, and models of how to go about healing that's, that's natural. That's I remember awesome. one time telling you. I'm not going to say what the context was. You, but I, I'm an open book here. You can give the whole context. That's for another time. <laughs> I remember one time telling you, whatever, what, I do what I do because I want to model a model of healing that's just not for a platform right. that can be done anywhere where people are at so that people can be equipped Yeah, because that's our main job, equip the saints so that they can be used. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. I got so much good co- uh, feedback from pastors on it. Right. And... Uh, but there's, there's so much stuff. Let me see that one. Just two seconds. Let me just say one thing about this. Um, I asked I asked a bookstore to put a – they're putting a discount on this. Start your new year off. Go after healing. Go after getting trained and equipped. What better time than right now? Uh, this is – I think they're offering 25% off this, which is huge. That's huge because it's right at $99. Yeah, no. So you can get this for, I don't know, close to 75 bucks. Go on our web website. Get this. Um, you're gonna you're gonna use a global uh, code. There's a little code there. Put in a new year, yeah, in the code, and you can get that for 25 percent off. That's amazing, Randy. And and go on and get the bookstore and uh, grab a bunch of stuff on there. It'll bless you. It'll change your life. That's how I, I mean. Before I started traveling with you and Bob, all uh, everything that I learned was devouring books and stuff that. That, that I picked up at you know the first conference I went with you and all those well, things. I remember so there's a ton of stuff. You were one of the first, the second round after Ben, uh, you and Jamie, yeah, and uh, Brandon, Brandon and, and, uh, and another guy, yeah, which I can't think of right now. Ben, there was another Ben, yeah. Yep. So the we're the first four, and we'll have to talk about it another time. But on the first trip is when I saw the only time the glory cloud. We we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, we should. But I remember I assigned, I think it was, if I remember right, it's almost 40 books that you guys had to read. Yeah. And and I think it was 
40, I don't know if that's 40 a year. It was 42 for the year. I remember exactly. books to I was read like, in the first year. What is this? And 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 Because uh, I, 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 I do want people, if they're interested in training, mm-hmm. that all the way from non-accredited uh, courses that we have and, and certification things, all the way to a um, college, four-year accredited college degree that yep. you could use to go on to any other master's program. Through the master's program, the Randy Clark Scholars that we have, and we're getting ready to start our own by September uh, master's program. It's credited. And then even the Randy Clark Scholars at the doctoral level, all the way through your doctor's degree down to uh, nothing credited, just yeah. good training. We have it. And because I, I believe that there's, it's important to train people, and it's important to train the people who are well trained in the Bible. To teach them how to move in the spirit. Yeah. I also think it's just as important to teach people who know how to move in the spirit more about how to interpret the Bible and 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 to know the Bible. So I'm very much committed to word and spirit, mm-hmm. and very much committed to uh, sound doctrine and um, uh, biblical doctrine. And so I I want I want uh, people to know that's that's a high value. Yeah. And I I think it's uh, uh, you know I. Been offered professorships yeah. at uh, full time, which I didn't take at uh, seminaries to uh, be a professor. And I am uh, Tom and I are both adjunct professors at Regent Divinity School now mm-hmm. and uh, Un- uh, United Theological Seminary in two different places. Yeah. We're writing curriculum that's being used in the seminaries right now yeah. for credit. So the, all that being said, wherever you're at in your journey, there's a place for you here that's at Global right. Awakening. And you can come and learn and grow. And I think one of the best things, and we'll end with this, is they can come with you on a trip. They can go to Brazil with you. Like you're hearing about this revival and this move that's happening in Brazil. You you don't just have to hear about it on a podcast. You can actually get a ticket, go down to Brazil and experience this thing firsthand and watch God move through you. Watch God move through your own hands as you pray for people. And for anybody from Europe, you ought to contact and try to get on our team. Yeah. For Poland. Uh, I think we're going to try to have a team in Poland. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to see if we get enough interest. So we... Poland, Brazil. Poland, Brazil. There's a ton Asia. of trips. You can go to globalawakening.com. Just go to the international trips page. You'll find all the information there. Randy, I want to honor your time, man. I, I, I really do. Please come back. This is all yours anyway. So <laughs> you can do whatever you want with it, but it's such an honor. Can I, can I just say this? I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for you in my yeah. life. And uh, thank you, Will. Thank you. I for... want to say I'm very proud of him. <laughs> He's a great young man, and uh, really full of faith. Yeah, thank and you, Randy. Courage and anointing. So I just want you and Paul and Ed and so many others, yeah, just to multiply you guys. That when I can't do it anymore, this is my dream. When I'm up in my eighties, yeah. And can't do what I'm doing now. That you guys will be in your fifties, and you will have each of you will have young men in your thirties, in their thirties, yeah. that will be to you what you guys have been to me. And this thing just keeps multiplying. It's awesome. If you had to rank us as favorite to least favorite, where would where would I where would I go in there? No, okay, you know, we'll say that for the next podcast. I love you, Randy. Please, uh, please give Deanna a hug for us. Thank you for coming in. Um, and uh, it's been great to have you guys. Listen, this one was shot uh, yesterday. You're watching this today, but it was shot yesterday. Happy New Year. I'm taking off to China. Uh, I'm going to China. 
um, uh, Indonesia, all over Indonesia, yeah. and then on to Australia and Tasmania from the 11th of January up to late, late, late February with my whole family. So pray for us. Pray for my wife and my kids. This will be our first big trip together. But wow. but but we, we, we have to do this as a family. You know, people know, people have been watching this know what my wife and I have gone through. And so right. we're, we're trying to do this as a family. So pray for us. You're watching us. Pray for us. And if you are in the Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania area, D.C., anywhere on the East Coast, Thursday night, this Thursday night, the 7th, 8th and 9th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, here at the Global Awakening office, we're having myself, Steve Swanson leading worship, Larry Randolph, who uh, Randy was talking about early days of Toronto, one, yeah. one of my favorite prophets on the planet, and um, David Wagner. They're going to be here in the building. We're kicking our year off with a prophetic move. And uh, so you want to come to that and uh, register online. We're almost at capacity. This building's going to be packed. Let me ask you something else, too. Sure. When, when, because when, we want, I want them to have plenty of notice. The guy who yeah. is like my mentor uh, is going to be here at our school. Who? Blaine Cook. Oh, okay, yeah. When's he going to be here? That's uh, why I wanted, I thought you would know. No, here's what we do. It's, it? it's actually right now, Blaine Cook's dates are flashing at the bottom of the screen. So they're going to come up. Look at that. You can see it, and you need to come and hear Blaine Cook. Yeah, because he'll be here, and I think uh, speaking here, and I think in the, the Harrisburg area, I okay. think he may be doing something in another church for a couple of nights, but he'll also be here at our school. And uh, it's it's – it's worth it. It is worth it. Yeah. I used to follow him around when I was uh, 32 years old. Uh, he's going came to my church, and I followed him anywhere he or John Wimber was at within 1,500 miles. Wow! I would drive. I made five trips to Texas from Southern Illinois in that next 12 months. Wow! Uh, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, all over Cincinnati. I, we did, because, as a matter of fact, I'll just say this. Okay. Years later, when he several years later, I had him come to. I'd started a new church in St. Louis, and no one knew who he was, but he was the guy that I saw ministering the power of the Spirit for the first time uh, in words of knowledge, and and I said, God, I want to minister like He does. Awesome. So this woman came up to me in my church and she said, Randy, I love the way He ministers. He ministers just like you do. <laughs> and I said, Oh no, you got it backwards. I minister like right. Him. I, he would literally, by just watching him, talking to him, and reading stuff that John had written, who was kind of like a mentor to him. Yeah. Uh, you can be mentored a lot by reading the, the materials of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really know that a lot of what I was mentored through Wimber was through his uh, writings as well as getting to be a shadow for a while. Awesome. Awesome. Well, love you, Randy. Thank you. Thanks Thank for coming you. in. Hey, everybody, uh, make sure you do this. Share this with, with everybody on your Facebook. Get it out there. We're still in the early stages of it. our launch. It exploded on the launch, but we still need you guys. Hit subscribe on this and do us a favor. Go to iTunes and write in the comments there as we're, as we're just uh, growing this thing right now. Put a review in, uh, in iTunes yeah. for us, and, uh, and we're going to keep on. We'll, we'll get you back in here the next time we can make this happen. Uh, it's been really enjoyable, Randy. Thank you yeah, for doing this. Thanks for coming in. Have a great trip. Have a great year. We love you. And I uh, look forward love to the next too. time we get to get in here. Thanks. Bless you guys. Listen, we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Bless you.